Welcome to the Real World Podcast, where mother and son, millennial versus boomer, square off on real world issues. Today, Brian couldn't be with us, but I'm Bobby, and I have two special guests with me. I have my husband, Dave, and my son, Jake, and we are going to talk about hunting. So welcome, Dave and Jake. Hi, how are you? Yeah, thanks for having us. Good. Thank you for joining us. It's so fun. You know, um, Jake, the funny thing is, is when we started out this season, um, Brian, his first thing he said is, and hi, I'm Jake. And he said, oh, no, I'm Brian, but it should be Jake because so Scott had done the first season and then Brian did the second season. And since we started the third season, he was pretending to be you. So it was kind of funny. So I'm happy that you guys are on here because you guys haven't uh, been a guest on the podcast yet. So happy that you're here. <clears throat> Definitely, and I'm pretty sure our voices are similar. So they are. I could, I could pass as Brian on this <laughs> recording. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Um, and I know that this is a topic that you guys like. You guys are really the hunters of the family. I mean, you really get into hunting. Passion, yes. <laughs> Passion, and Jake's got all the gear. <laughs> He does. <laughs> He's serious mm, I got all about the passion it. too. He That's does. right. That's right. So let me do this. So when I ask questions, I'll maybe I'll go ahead and point it. Um, I hear Gus. I guess I don't know. I hear a dog barking. Um, let me see. I'm gonna go ahead and ask a question, and I'll just go ahead and and say who I'm speaking with. I'll probably ask y'all the same questions, but that way we're not all talking at the same time. So. Dave, how long have you been hunting? You know, I started, I went out in the woods with my uncle the first time. I was probably about 10. Uh, and this is in Pennsylvania? This is in Pennsylvania. We grew up in western Pennsylvania. And uh, I wasn't allowed to hunt with a gun until I was 12. But I started going out with him when I was 10. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm 60 now. And uh, my first year hunting at 10, so 50 years. Cool. How about you, Jake? When, how long did, or when did you start hunting? Well, um, realistically, I mean, in my mind, I was hunting since I was a little kid. <laughs> I believe <laughs> I that. I mean, like, like, I mean, there, there's, there's so many aspects of hunting, but I mean, every time we would go on family vacations, right? We would go to Yellowstone, we'd go to Grand Canyon, we'd go up to Big Bear. Like, I was always looking for deer. I was obsessed with it. That was like my favorite thing. And I would, I, I would, I would find them everywhere and I would just love it. I, I, you know, I, I can't eat, like, since I can remember, and it's funny cause Jace does the same thing. And, um, he has the same like bent towards like animals and wilderness. It's fun to watch in him. But, um, so in my mind, I was hunting at those young age, young ages and I'd visualize my hunt. But the, actually the first time, I went hunting, I think with dad was in 2009. Um, cause we went and got our hunter safety course in 2008. I was around my, around my 20th birthday and, uh, we went to hogs and, uh, got the hunter safety course, took it, passed the test and then kind of went out and started collecting gear. And I'm pretty sure it's that 2008 Christmas, you took me, Scott to Bass Pro Shops and you, we just, bought us a ton of gear for Christmas. And that was, that was, that was the start. I, I remember. Yeah, that was fun. 
you were so excited to get all that stuff for the kids for for Christmas, and it was like, <clears throat> so it was all the fatigues, right? It was the pants, the jacket, the vest, uh, all of that stuff. Binoculars, yeah. I yeah. mean, just. Yeah, them both a good set of binos. Uh, well, good set, that's all relative, because I think Jake probably has. Uh, At that stage in my <laughs> life, that, that was a good set, yes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, those are those are great binoculars. Oh, good for the the price. Like, I mean, yeah, I have a pair of binoculars ten times that now, but like, it's kind of diminishing returns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, also how many different stages? How many pair of binoculars, Jake, have you had at any point in time? <laughs> like total, or just like in my possession? At in one your time? possession at one time. I think six. Wow. <laughs> I just can't even fathom that. And one other thing I wanted to share about when with Jake, like, you know, as far as he's been hunting and he, and it's true. Like I remember our vacations and how he was always finding these animals and I could never find them. I couldn't even see them after they pointed them out. Like it's so not in my genes, but man, it is so in their genes. It's like, and I see that with Jace, which is Jake's son, Jace. And, um, you know, it's amazing to see how he he is so much like you in so many ways. And so I believe that entirely. I bet when you go, you know, um, you know, just out hiking or whatever with Jace that he's he's on the scout for for animals and probably just even on your property. He is always. I mean, <laughs> I can't tell you how often, like especially now that um for you guys that don't know, uh, Jace is my firstborn son or my firstborn child, and he's five and a half. And um, the older and older that he gets, I'm just like, this kid is me. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's so many different ways. And I mean, really, like, it's just, a, just everything he's interested in. And it's like, yeah, I'm interested in that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is. He I know is your so mom much and, like you. Your mom and I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. When he's doing something, we'll go, oh my gosh, is that Jake or what? Totally. And and I, I was somewhere this weekend. I think I think we were, oh, it was when we went to, we went to support uh, Sheriff Bianco and we went to a fundraiser and Tom and Cindy were with us and I was showing pictures from the wedding and they looked at Jace and they're like, oh my gosh, that is Jake. Just even how he looks and, and just like, they just so remind you of him. And that's when they met you when you were five, you know, Mm -hmm. on the first baseball team. And uh, so it's just so fun to actually see how much my grandson is like his daddy. And what's really funny about that is that I remember when Scott was little, Grandma Shooty used to say how much he was like dad in so many ways. Like he just reminded him, I think with how he played and how he like would dance around and stuff. I guess dad used to do that too, Jake. So yeah, kind of funny. I, I flit around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Dave... Yes. What animals have you hunted and killed? Uh, well, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, so uh, white-tailed deer was is a big one, uh, and a lot of small game. Also, uh, black bear. Uh, you've hunted and killed a black bear, or you've just hunted? You never killed one, right? You no, know, I I got a black bear. When did you get I a was, black bear? I don't remember that. I was an early teen. Wow, I didn't know that. Did you know that, Jake? No, 
No, I don't remember you telling us that. But my, other than that, it's been a lot of small game: uh, rabbit, squirrel, pheasant, uh, grouse, turkey. But that was all Western Pennsylvania. Out west, I have not been a very successful hunter, but I hunted like I was in the east. So it's a whole different style of thing out here. Uh, I did get an elk thank to, thanks to Jake encouraging me to, to go out and do it. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, so anyhow, an elk is a cow elk anyway. So cool. I was able to do that. All right. Okay, Jake, how about you? What have what animals have you hunted and which ones have you killed? Um man. Uh I mean, starting at a young age, I think this is uh <laughs> past um when I could get per- like not prosecuted no. I used to I used to kill I used to kill like birds in the backyard. You know, I was going to bring that up the last time when you were talking about how long you've been hunting because I remember seeing you like laying down on the patio and I remember that you used to hunt with the dog and you used to, we used to have this bird feeder and we'd put bird seed in it to attract the birds and then you would shoot the birds because <laughs> you'd be laying down on the patio. Oh my gosh. Yes, that yeah. did happen. <laughs> Um, I mean, but that wasn't really hunting. I mean, I know, was, I know that was little boys being little boys. Right. And, right. um, adventure. But, I mean, yeah, well, really like one of the things I wanted to, to kind of touch on and I know this is, isn't the question I'll get to the answer of the question, but, um, like hunting was always something that dad and I watched on TV and it was always stories that Scott and I loved to hear. Right. Mm. They just, you know, anytime we were out doing something, we wanted to hear hunting stories. We wanted to hear outdoor stories. We wanted to hear all the ruckus dad caused and, um, and, and learn from it. But it was, it was always just like living vicariously through his stories. You know, dad's a great storyteller. So is Scott. <laughs> and so it's, it's just fun. It's fun. You feel like you're there, you know, you're, you're experiencing it. And, um, I, I'm a, some of my earliest memories are watching whitetail hunting shows and watching Bill Dance fishing shows Saturday mornings in our undies, just like eight <laughs> seven thirty in the morning, eight in the morning, like watching oh. hunting. And then, um, really, like I mean, what what kick started real hunting was Dad getting cancer and then kind of recovering, and you know it, it wasn't easy, but. We're just like, well, we don't know how much time dad has left. Let's just do it. We only have one life. Let's go after what we've talked about hunting for how long. Let's just do it. And um, that kind of what that's what kickstarted things for for us. And honestly, we had no no clue what we were doing. I mean, we had guns. I mean, we we knew the rules. We knew how to you know shoot something close, but we were just kind of going up and trying to figure it out. <laughs> a weekend at a time and it was really at first it was just us being together and then mm-hmm. um and then and then i, I started getting really frustrated because we, we were terrible at it <laughs> well there weren't that many I mean, animals though right i mean truly well, in, in well, the southern california mountains there's just not that many they they do say if you can if you can hunt southern california well you can hunt anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that it's, it is very difficult. It is, 
it, it's a whole different type of hunting. But if you can be consistently successful in Southern California, you can go, you know, Colorado, Idaho, you go all these Western states and be very successful. And I mean, honestly, like go the first time we went out of state to go hunting, I was just like shocked at how many animals you just see everywhere all the time. And you're like, man, this is like, this is heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I do remember that one time, the, the first time we went to Yellowstone, like I was amazed by that. Like all the bison just cr- crossing the road as we would drive throughout the park. It was like phenomenal. I, I, I could not, I, I was overwhelmed yeah. by that. But that's a park. I mean, like that's not, that's not how it is out hunting, sure. right? It's not sure. that easy. Sure. Um, oh yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Like you, you go, you go inside Yellowstone, you start shooting a few animals, and they they disappear quickly. <laughs> that's true, and of course um, that's illegal. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, going back to your your question, um, I've I started so started hunting for deer, mainly deer, in you know two thousand nine. And um, I had opportunities to like shoot coyotes a bunch of times, but I was never really interested. Um, and kind of took a few years to really like learn how to kind of step into it. And I got kind of got frustrated, and then I just started hitting it hard and re- started researching, reading online, and then I went after deer. And I got successful. My first uh, big game animal that I was successful with was deer um, mm-hmm. here in San Diego, mm-hmm. and where I live, and. Um, and, you know, I would do a ton of small game hunting. So I would do a lot of dove. Dove tastes mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like we see them everywhere, these little you know, birds, but they taste like little steaks. The, each breast is like a little tiny steak or like one ounce steak. And they're, they're great. And, um, you know, rabbits. I remember, you know, cooking up a few rabbits for Jace when Jace was, you know, two years old and being like, mm, this chicken's my favorite chicken. <laughs> and then like, like walking around our neighborhood after and he'd be like, dad, shoot that rabbit so we can eat it. <laughs> you know? He is so um, your son. Oh yeah. My and, um, so, ra- I mean, like dad said, small game. I mean, I've chased turkeys, never been successful, never really put in the time. Like turkey is a whole different ball game of like you're playing cat and mouse and, um, I never really got heavily invested in that out here. Um, I've done some other upland bird. I've shot a few quail. Phenomenal tasting. Um, that's probably the, the, the coolest looking bird and one of the best tasting birds out there. Hmm, and, um, yeah, they're, they're awesome. Um, and so I've actually taken mountain quail and, um, oh, there's a couple quail. I forget the other quail. I've taken the, a, a local quail here in San Diego as well. And then, you know, then, so the mule deer, and then recently the, my, my big passion has been elk, mm-hmm. right? And so I've harvested, I think seven elk, maybe oh, eight. That's amazing. And, um, and two bulls and the rest cows. And, um, and it just, I love it. I love the meat. I love every aspect of the hunt. I love how hard it is. I love how physically you're just like, you're just like done. Like you're just so spent, but you accomplish something. Um, and I, so I love that. I just, and I love chasing them. They're just a magnificent an- animal. I fell in love with them when we went to Yellowstone, right? 12 years old. And, um, you know, we went there as a family in 2000 mm-hmm. and, um, 
man, we got, we got, I got what, way too close to a bull elk. I think I got like probably 50 yards from this giant bull out there and just like watching them. And ever since then, I've dreamed about it. I remember even when we have like connect groups and, um, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about this on a different episode, but vision. And I, I just, inst- I have, vi- I had visions for years of chasing elk and going and, and hiking in the mountains of Colorado and, and, and chasing them and understanding them and learning them and going after them. And so, but I think that rounds out. Um, I do have other animals that I would like to go after. I have bought bear tags, but never really hunted them hard. Um, actually, fun story. I actually, uh, this kind of reminded me, I've bought bear tags in Colorado the last couple of years. And I was uh, charged by a black bear, a, a false charge. So it came running in to, at 25 yards and just hit the brakes and stopped. And um, talk about getting your heart rate going. <laughs> I um, can't even imagine. I'd be dead. That was, oh, that was like the, probably the greatest thing ever. I <laughs> oh loved it. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Whoa. And, um, you know, you and, I've had, and I had opportunities <laughs> at taking black bears even this last year, but there were like, you know, shots I didn't feel comfortable with. And I was mainly bull elk hunting. So it was kind of like, I'll take a black bear once I have a bull. I'm not going to go for black bear first especially at something that's you know a thousand yards and it's going to be a you know take two hours to get to three hours to get to when i'm trying to go after an elk cool so 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 you guys have gutted and prepared the animals yourself already i know you haven't done that in california dave but no i gutting the animals yes right but not Uh, preparing the meat and everything like that no my dad was a butcher Mm-hmm. So if I would get a deer, I'd take right. it home. You know, we'd field dress it and then take it home, and he'd hang it in the garage and send me on my way. And uh, he'd skin it and, and butcher it and wrap it. and mm-hmm. It was all done in just a couple hours. Wow. And Jake, how about you? Oh, yeah. I, I, I try to do everything myself that I can. Um, It's honestly not worth it, like, if I look at like how much I get paid per hour and how much it costs to take it to a butcher, it's way cheaper to take it to a butcher. Mm-hmm. But um, I like the product and I love the process. Like, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, out in the field, you, you butcher, I mean, you start by, you pull out its inside. So, you know, you, you go inside the animal, they have like their stomach and they have their intestines and they have their heart, their liver, they have everything. And you got to pull that out because if you don't pull it out quickly, it'll spoil the meat. And I mean, mm. I love the antlers, but I also love the meat. To me, the antlers is like, it brings you back to a memory that you had of the, of the trip. They kind of remember, you remember aspects of it. And so it's like, the antlers are cool because you remember, like it's just a, a memory, a trigger, mm-hmm. like a momentum, mm-hmm. um, um, or whatever it's called. And then, but the meat is, that's the whole another ball game of just fun aspect of it. So, um, yeah, I, I've got them myself. Um, you know, if, if you have to hike them a couple miles and so be it, you have to cut them apart out in the field and put them in your backpack and, you know, however far away you are, you have to hike it out. Um, you know, done some, some long hikes that have hurt pretty bad. You know, by the time you're done, you just want to just collapse and sleep. Mm-hmm. And, um, you just like physically push your body to its limit. Um, 
and you pull that out, and then yeah, then you you're there, then you're there with usually meat, right? And you're just like, okay, now what? Well, YouTube's a great <laughs> a great teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and can so, learn anything on YouTube that's just true. about. Yep. That's true. Yeah, I know. I, I I know, and so I've learned how to to do all the butchering and on from YouTube, like really, and breaking down all the cuts and trying different steaks and cutting different steaks and trying different roasts and 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 pulling them out. It's like you say, oh, this is here. This this amazing cut of meat is here. Oh, this this is a great roast. We could throw this in the crock pot and make incredible chili or incredible taco meat. And, oh, this this is like the filet mignon. I mean, and, and cooking this up as a steak and cooking it rare. And, and you, and, and then I go through and I, I cut all the pieces and I'm able to trim it how I want to trim it. Um, when I do my game meat, I cut off all fat. So it's a hundred percent lean meat. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't leave any fat on there. And mm-hmm. really that's two aspects. One, because Joy doesn't like, my wife doesn't like fat. She likes mm-hmm. lean meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and two, I'm with um, Joy. And, <laughs> and, and two is, um, wild game meat it the, the the fat on it like a deer or an elk can cause the meat to go rancid over time and and can give you the off flavors when people say oh that's gamey that just means the meat wasn't prepared properly and it means they probably left fat they probably let it sit too long let it get too warm and if anyone ever says like oh that wild game meat is gamey especially if it comes to like a deer or an elk, and most likely, most of the time, it means it wasn't properly cared for in the field. Wow, that's really yeah. interesting. I had no idea about that. Although I have to yeah, tell I'm, you that elk meat is the best wild meat I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is super good. And the interesting thing out there for you folks that, that aren't familiar with elk and eating elk, <clears throat> when when Dave first brought elk home, I really didn't know what I was going to do with it. My only experience was with venison, and I really didn't care for it. I thought it was gamey, and I that was like back in Pennsylvania, so it was many years ago. But so I just started, um, you know, Googling recipes, and I said, ah, just make it however you make beef. But then I did further research and determined that even though you cook it like beef, it's leaner than chicken. It actually has a leaner um, uh, composition content than chicken and so it's very healthy for you and so um so you get to eat your elk pretty much all year long then you've gotten so much elk over the last couple of years right jake it, it pretty much lasts you all all year yeah usually right around fall we start getting low again um and you know and honestly like what really pushed me to, to butchering myself was that that pop was a butcher and I kind of told mm-hmm. myself, well, if Pop was a butcher, I want to learn how to butcher. Like, you know, I just say it's, like, it's part of the family line. Like, even if it's not what I do for a living, like, I'm going to learn. And um, that's so that's cool, why I, 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 wanted it, I wanted it to be like this kind of part of the legacy of just the hunting, the whole the outdoors. I mean, it's something that I've always been drawn to. And it's just another aspect of it. And honestly, it brings such another aspect of cooking. It's one thing to go to a store and buy a steak and then spend this time preparing a steak and then feeding it to someone and them enjoying it, right? That's fun. I know you like cooking for people, Mom. Mm-hmm. I know you love when people enjoy your food. Mm-hmm. Um, no, similarly, now now imagine like, it's kind of like I see it as growing your own vegetables in your garden. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people who do that, there's like a whole nother element. And now, I mean, this is a whole nother element. You knew this elk was wild. It got to live how God created it to live. They got to eat what God created it to eat. 
and you got to go and learn how it lived. You got to go in and find it and you got to be a part of that experience and then you get to bring it home. And because of that, they have so many more vitamins. They have a lot more nutrition than any kind of um, armories meat you can buy at a grocery store. Wow. I never thought about that aspect either. I mean, for me personally, well, first of all, you guys know I can't even bring myself to shoot a gun. So, I mean, I, I would if I had to feed my family. There's no question about it. But um, otherwise, I like to buy my meat nicely filleted in the grocery store. I mean, because I just, I'd really struggle with the whole gutting of the animal and cutting it up. I would really struggle with that personally. That That's... And it's not just I, I the think, blood, it's just no. the whole I think aspect be, of it. I think you'd be surprised. I think so much of that is mental. Oh, and for then sure. You, and then once you get started, it's like, oh, oh, this, oh, okay. And, and, it, and so much of that is because that's what you're taught, I guess I should, I should say, like on TV. And, and like, it's almost like, in, um, and I, I think that you would have no problem doing this. Hmm. Well, and I don't have any problems like, you know, like making a turkey or whatever. And you got to kind of get in there and do all kinds of stuff. But it's still all kind of already prepared. I mean, but, you know, the thing is for me, I, I have a hard time sometimes thinking when I'm eating meat. Like, I can't think too long and hard about it that it was an animal roaming in the wild. Like, for me, I... I I don't know. I struggle with that. Like I, you know, and, and that kind of brings me to a question, what you guys feel about like, like the big game hunting, like the trophy hunting. What do you guys think about that? I would, I would say I'm all for it. Um, hold on one second. Sure. Dad, can you answer? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, trophy hunting. I mean, if that's the only reason you're going is to get, you know, a, a large set of antlers, mm-hmm. or if you're going to Africa, so you can mount a lion on your wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not so much for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a nice thing to have. Like if you're going out for bull elk, and it's and you have a, you know, a, a four by four standing there, and a, a six by seven standing beside it. I'm gonna go for the bigger one. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go for the bigger antlers because it's. Because it's more of a trophy. Well, and it is kind of the thrill of the kill, too, right? And, I mean, I, I would think, you know, as guys, you it's all about the adventure, right? No women like adventure, too. But, I mean, like, we know that that's just built within uh, you, right? Wild about, I, I'm sorry, wild no, at would, heart. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. I, I mean, I would say that the kill is the worst part. I mean, you have to execute, right? But in, no one wants to see an animal suffer. No one wants to right. see that. Right. But, um. But honestly, like if you if you think about how an animal is raised that you eat from a grocery store, it's raised in a pen, right? Mm-hmm. It's raised in mm-hmm. a field, and it, it's not free. It doesn't live life. Like to me, like as an American, I love freedom, and like and basically, when you go after wild animals, you're going after animals that had their that lived their freedom, and that's what I was saying earlier. It's, it's how it was. Like God's intent, that's how they live. They're living in God's intent. And, you know, um, and you get to be a part of that. Where, um, And so, yeah, you take them from their life. But really, like, hunters take such a small portion of animals that die every year. And animals die from, like, have you ever seen a mountain lion take down a, a, 
a deer or an oh, elk. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's brutal. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah. if it was me, I would much rather take a bullet than than be suffocated to death with teeth well, in my throat. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess you know the other thing with the trophy hunting. I know a lot of people have made a big issue out of it, but a lot of times they're invited to take down like there's there's animals that really they're trying to um what's it called to call what what's a call is that to like reduce the population right. yeah so well, so there's there's well, that as well that's say, an aspect of it i would say that trophy hunting is not calling they're, they're, they're two different things um calling is like going after specific ones that hey like hey you know what this one is it's old it's it's not i mean I'm trying to think of the right political way to say this. Like, if there's just too many, we need to remove them from the land. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of times, the culling animals, like you go to Texas, they cull a lot of pigs, they cull a lot of deers in other eastern states because there's too many. They go to airports and they just have to shoot them. And a lot of times, they leave them where they lie or they throw out the meat and they don't get used. Mm. And, and and a lot of times, I mean, sometimes they can be used for like food banks, but a lot of times when things are culled, like it's, it's it's because it's a nuisance and or something along those lines. And so they just take them out to take them out because the, the, the ground and can't sustain the population dynamics. There's too many animals that they're all going to starve if you don't keep the population down. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. on the other side, like I'm all for trophy hunting. And, um, and I know that it's a very not popular stance because people don't understand trophy hunting, right? Like when the the whole the whole thing is the North American wildlife, the North North American model of wildlife, and you really what it's about is you want the young to survive, to reproduce, to grow. You want to keep the females to increase the population. So if you're going after a five year old buck or bull, like that, who has the li- the highest likelihood to die in the fall anyways, and you're already getting them after they've already mated. Like basically you're having a zero impact on the population dynamics. And so, yeah, you get a cool trophy, you get a cool memory, you get a cool keepsake after it. But like realistically, you're going after the ones that are going to like just die off anyway. And then on the other side of that, um, like talking about the African animals, I mean, yeah, if there's a famous lion, you don't shoot that. Like that's not smart. That's not good publicity. But Really, like the, the lions are popular and are valuable in Africa because people want to hunt them. Because someone's willing to spend a hundred thousand dollars to shoot one, that the local cities there who have no money, no really, they don't really produce anything. That they're like, hey, you know what? If we keep this lion alive, someone's going to pay us a hundred grand to keep it, and I'm not going to go kill it because it's killing my sheep now. I'm going to protect it. And so you actually, because you're assigning value to animals of the, you know, quote unquote trophies that the populations actually add value and they protect them from poachers. And okay, yeah, someone can go spend, you know, 200 grand to hunt an elephant. Well, you know what? They're adding that kind of money to the value of an elephant. Now someone's going to stand up to poachers going in just to shoot them for their tusks, right? Mm -hmm. Shoot them for their ivory. And so there's a lot more at play than just like, oh, someone just wants to get a trophy. Like, I'm I'm personally, yeah, I probably wouldn't go just shoot a lion to shoot a lion. Um, 
but I also know that how valuable that is as a source to Africa. And, you know, and, and, and so there's, I think there's, we have to consider all aspects because if you, if in Africa, if the people, the locals, the ones who live with lions don't seem as valuable, why wouldn't they just go out in the middle of the night and kill them just to protect their family? Because it's more valuable to them to be dead, to, to conserve what they have rather than to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I just food for thought that I, things that I had, <clears throat> pardon me, hadn't thought about. So I'm curious if you guys have any fun hunting trips planned for this year. Um, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I'm, uh, I have an Alaska trip. So, um, basically in September, I'm going to be flying out to the Arctic and chasing caribou. And so I'll be going there with, um, four friends where we basically fly into Anchorage and from Anchorage would go to, um, it's Kotzebue. And from Kotzebue would take a little, um, bush plane out to wherever the caribou are roaming. And we're going to be out there for a week. Um, you know, living out of tent, grizzly bears everywhere, uh, caribou everywhere. And, um, you know, hopefully we get to see Aurora Borealis and go catch some mountain fish. I believe there's the Arctic char up there and there's a, um, so maybe some salmon runs and some other things that we can really catch and, um, just have an incredible trip being out in the middle of nowhere, seeing God's nature, seeing like untouched, being, you know, maybe a hundred miles from the nearest civilization the nearest town even though that town is probably like five buildings um and and just doing something new with some then to kind of hear from god to be out there in his wilderness what he's created us to do Mm -hmm. well that sounds really exciting for you Mm -hmm. i know i'll be a little nervous (laughs) you know how mom gets right i'm mom but i am really excited for you it sounds like an amazing adventure that uh, you will thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, I got to tell you, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, I really. I mean, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I really don't have anything planned this year. Uh, I'm sure I'll buy a local tag. <clears throat> I've been, you know, having a lot of knee problems, so I'm having a hard time getting around. So hopefully, I can get that fixed and maybe continue on with hunting next year. Mm-hmm. What well, do you guys have any? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jake. I was going to say, and I, I might go after cow elk again um, um, in uh, Colorado, where we kind of been going, because um, just one caribou really isn't the amount of, as much, like, basically most of our meat now is wild game, and we've been living off two elk a year. Um, I make burgers for a bunch of people at church. I make sausage. Everyone enjoys it. Now it's kind of like this expectation of, like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what what are you making now? What's new this year? Um, like I, like this last year, I got into making and stuffing my own sausage. And so I'll go and make, you know, 50 pounds of jalapeno cheddar brat and go make this and, you know, this and that. And, and so now I'm like, okay, I need to keep the inventory high of <laughs> like for like meat so that I can go through and do these various things because it's, it's fun. And it's fun to expose other people to, you know, like what is, I like one of the benefits of hunting, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you're so busy as a, an aerospace engineer. You have three young kids and a beautiful wife, and you're very involved in your church. So I imagine that when you get to go out on these expeditions, that it's it's really an opportunity for you to take a step back and focus 
on the Lord and, and, and what he has created. And, um, that's, that's really awesome, Jake. So happy to hear it. Yeah. Yep. So let me ask you guys, do you guys have any final thoughts or anything else you want to share before we close this episode of hunting? No, you know, I was just thinking about, uh, this last year, uh, Jake got a, a cow elk and, uh, we went in and got it all butchered up and, and in game bags, and we took like 15 or 20 minutes. We turned out all the lights and just sat back and looked up into the sky and just praised the Lord for, for what he has given us, all of nature. And uh, we could actually see the, the Milky Way, the stripe of uh, stars across the sky, and it was just it's just an amazing time of just praising the Lord and uh, before we started working again getting it out and uh, that was just a very special time hmm. awesome yeah I agree I, w- <laughs> I would agree that's something that I'll never forget I mean it, like you said it was only 10 minutes 15 minutes and I think we had already got most of it done so we were pretty beat <laughs> but we were just just sitting there and it was like the middle of nowhere no moon you could see every star and just observe and listen and just kind of be fully immersed into wilderness. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that when you guys all, the four of you went to go or you guys went together a couple years ago, um, both, um, you know, Scott and Brian went alongside you guys. Um, I'm sure that was special too, to all be together. Absolutely. Especially his dad, I'm sure. Uh, You know what? And, (laughs) I mean, even the car ride, mm-hmm. you know, it was like 12 or 13 hours each way. Just, it, it, yeah, just the whole, the, the bonding that can take place and the camaraderie and the talk about the hunt coming. And then on the way home, you talk about the experience and it's just, yeah, it's just <laughs> the, the good and the bad. The good and the bad. Yeah, the good and the bad. Okay, so I'm going to ask you guys one more question, and then we're going to wrap this up. And so I would just ask, most exciting, like, like not just, like, thrilled, but, like, what's the most remarkable aspect of hunting that you can share? I mean, it could be an event. It could be a specific time. It could just be general, whatever it is that you want to whatever share. No, I, I think, mean, I, I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Dad. No, I want you to go. <laughs> you know, uh, my first time harvesting a deer at, at at twelve years old was I'll never forget it. Never forget it. It was with a bow. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll remember that day the rest of my life, and probably the next best time was when I harvested a cow elk with Jake and we had to go up this mountain and I'm old you know my my knees don't work anymore and uh I we had to get to this knob and and Jake was behind me encouraging me actually I think he was pushing me a little bit from, <laughs> from behind to get me up over some of these knolls where I just have was having a hard time navigating and then and getting to actually harvest that animal uh with, with Jake there by my side, it was, yeah, that's something I'll never forget, too. It was awesome. Awesome. How about you, Jake? Yeah, I'll never, oh, I, I love that photo, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I don't know. 
don't, I don't want to call you out. My dad got kissed by the scope. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I split my head open on my first shot. Yeah. Yeah, it split his eye open, big old gal. Luckily, it was zero degrees, so it just froze. Yeah, yeah, the, it froze. the blood froze. But I remember sitting there with him with his elk, and uh, both of us had the biggest smile. <laughs> just like I couldn't tell who was bleeding more, the elk or my dad. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was incredible uh, and very special. Um, and, uh, but for me, like, as of now, like, I, I know when I take chase hunting, it, things will be different. And I'm sure that I'm going to see things a whole new way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, for the most remarkable things for me is just the old nature that you see. It, it, is, an, it is an immersion into God's creation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, just from how the animals move, the behave. You're going out and hearing an elk bugle 30 times in five minutes, and you're just like, what is he doing? Watching these animals scream at you, get close, and do this. And, um, I mean, this last year, I had bulls bugling all around me, and it's like utter chaos. And it's amazing, you know, to get charged by a bear and, and to, you know, seeing all these, like, crazy, beautiful skies and, stars and animals and um i mean i wouldn't i can't say they're just one remarkable thing Mm -hmm. but it's just the whole experience yeah i understand that okay guys well thank you so much for joining the real world podcast if anybody has any feedback or would like to uh has any suggestions for future episodes anything else you'd like to follow up on you can email us at realworldpod at gmail.com and again i want to thank Dave and Jake for joining us today and talk about their hunting experiences. Oh, it's definitely my pleasure. I love you. Thanks for having us. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Bye.